So, this is Bike Drive episode 106. And with it brings one of the rising stars in the YouTube space to the podcast. Ooh, we got an Adobe Premiere filmmaking vlogging specialist on deck on Bike Drive, which starts now. What's up, people? This your boy, Viper, the man about tech, and welcome back to another episode of Fight Drive. This is the podcast about tech hosted by the man about tech, and today we have a rising star in the YouTube space. We have an Adobe Premiere specialist on deck. We got a filmmaker vlogging extraordinaire. Let's bring in Miss Leela to the podcast. Hey, Leela, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I am good. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. No doubt. No doubt. So, Leela, first question I ask every new guest that comes to the podcast. Do people want to know what brought you to YouTube? Oh, my gosh. I don't think I have an interesting story. I just wanted to be on YouTube. I was... Um, <laughs> I mean, I just, it, it's funny because my best friend, she told me for years, you have to go on YouTube. And I was like, ah, no, no one's going to like me. I'm, I'm kind of weird. You know, no one, no one's going to like me. But then, um, yeah. So before I started YouTube, I was making videos. Or I was trying to build a video production company. And while I was doing that, I still didn't feel fulfilled because I still didn't have my creative outlet because you were doing work for others and making other people happy. And I was kind of like, I want to kind of, I, I kind of want to make myself happy. So that is why I started YouTube and that is what I'm doing here. <laughs> you know what? I think you make a you uh, bring up a good point because you know for the longest time we're taught, you know, you go to school, you get an education, you get a job, but when you go get an education and you get that job, nine times out of ten, you're working for somebody else. You're not working for yourself. So the fact that you wanted to come on here and work for yourself, I mean, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, right now I work for somebody else, but one day I want to be able to work for myself. So I completely understand your desire and wanting to work for yourself because at some point you just want to be your own boss do your own thing you don't have to worry about how other people yeah. are judging you and stuff like that mm -hmm. yeah and before this i worked in marketing so i did work in the corporate world and then um i took a little break and that was when i was like okay i want to do something that i truly love and i loved marketing but just working in a company where everything was about money you know i was just like i don't know i want to do something more for this world than to you know, advertise product X. So that is when I decided to start my own video production company because I've always been into video and film. But then that is that is what I just explained. But then I was still kind of like, I'm kind of missing that bit for me. So that is why I entered YouTube and I never expected to be where I am now. I just kind of wanted to make videos and meet some people that also like the same thing that I did because in my real life, I don't know anyone who likes the same thing that I do. So, yeah. That is cool. So, you do you do different content on YouTube. You do you do like uh you do filmmaking things. Obviously, you do a lot of uh, Adobe Premiere Pro tutorial type things. So, what led you down the path cuz I see like if I look down the catalog of your content on your channel, it's mostly Adobe Premiere stuff. So, what yeah. led you down that path? Um, well, I really enjoy video editing. I feel like in the video editing stage, that is where the story really comes alive. And if there is one thing that I really believe in, it's that our biggest superpower as humans is just telling stories and telling your own story. So basically when I started my YouTube channel, um, I wanted it to be a filmmaking channel and I still want it to be a filmmaking channel, but I started making video editing tutorials and I really enjoyed those. 
And I really enjoyed giving people the tools, like people that looked at Premiere Pro and were like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to use this. This is way too complicated for me. And just make it accessible for everyone. That was my main goal with the videos that I make. And that is also the feedback that I get from everyone. Like people can now make holograms in Premiere Pro or they can do like crazy stuff that they never thought that they could do. And that is kind of how and why I started making more and more Premiere tutorials. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, obviously for people that make video, they're mm -hmm. in Premiere Pro and in their Final Cut. Have you ever had, had any thoughts about using Final Cut? Um, no. Um, basically, my 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 little history with video editing is that first, when I was when I was younger, when I was like fourteen, I used a cracked version of Sony Vegas, which is apparently a way that a lot of people that's how they start with video editing. Mm -hmm. And well, then came college and everything, and then I decided to use Premiere. Um, I believe that Final Cut Pro is only available for Mac, or at least that's what I've seen. I haven't really right. seen any. Maybe maybe there's like a workaround, but I don't know. So that is basically no. the only reason why I haven't used Final Cut Pro. And I right now, I am super happy with using Premiere, so I'm not really looking to change to any other video editor. Gotcha. All right. So for those of y'all listening on audio, we have a visitor to the podcast. Alila, why don't you tell us about our visitor behind you there? I'm sorry, I I can't I can't control them. I, <laughs> so that is that is Haley. It's not the famous Gizmo. Gizmo is kind of famous on my channel now. Um, but this is this one is actually usually very camera shy. <laughs> right now she's very shamelessly um, washing herself. <laughs> we got cats on the podcast, y'all. We got cats on the podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm a crazy cat lady. I can't help it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she is just back there chilling, like minding her own business. She doesn't care what's going on. <laughs> if, she, if she knew there was a camera on her, she wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she, she didn't get into it, man. She didn't get into a hardcore. <laughs> Look at her. <laughs> she didn't get into a hardcore. She had no idea she'd be here watched by people all over the world. <laughs> oh, man. Look <laughs> at Oh my God. Okay. All right. I need to focus. I need to focus. I need to focus. Let me refocus. Let me refocus there. Let me refocus. Oh God. I need to refocus. Okay. 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 All right. I'm back. We're, we're back. We're back. Sorry about that, you all. Let me have to refocus for a second there, but we're back. We're back. So I'm curious um, what is it that you like most about editing with Adobe Premiere Pro? Because I know I hear a lot of complaints on Twitter and things about how sometimes it crashes and it, unless you save your work, it completely just kills your workflow. So what is it that you like best about editing with that program? That's funny because I think Adobe Premiere Pro crashed like twice for me in the last one and a half years. So I see it a lot as well on Twitter, um, people joking about Premiere Pro crashing and all that, but I don't have any experience with that. So that is one of the reasons why I still use Premiere. Um, it has treated me very well. Wow. <laughs> and think, yeah, and I think for me, now that I'm, I mean, I'm used to Premiere. So for me, it just works. Like it, it, it makes sense in my brain. And I understand that for different, uh, for different people, there's different video editors. It also depends on the needs that you have as a video editor. Like what do you want to edit? But it also depends on like what works for your brain basically. And for me, Premiere Pro works really well. And I think in general, what I love about Premiere is actually the entire Adobe ecosystem because you can seamlessly work with like Photoshop, After Effects, Adobe Rush, it can all, it, it's 
it just works. And that is what I love about it the most, I think. Yeah, I um, that is the one cool thing about uh, Premiere Pro, like the way that Adobe has like an entire ecosystem of apps like that work together with each other for creators. I'm mean, like you said, they got Premiere Pro. They got a they got I think it's called Adobe Audition where you can edit audio and things like that. Yeah. You have you got Photoshop. So the way that Adobe is able to implement all of those apps into an uh, an ecosystem so they work together is kind of cool. However, what's not cool, Lila, is the fact that you got to pay a monthly fee to use all of it. I'm like, what is this? Yes. monthly fee what is, what's up with that oh my gosh I don't, I don't know what's up with that i wish i could pay just one price and then just own it i i i wish that was the case especially like long term you're going to pay a lot more on a subscription base but at the same time because i use like all, almost all of the apps like i use edition i use after effects i use photoshop lightroom rush like i use so many of their programs it is still worth it it's a lot of money but i feel like for me at least it is worth it but if I could choose between a subscription and just a one like one price and then own it, I would definitely go for that for, for paying it once and then own it. Listen, we at Creative, we use video editing software all of the time. So absolutely it's worth it. If you're on Mac and you're using Final Cut Pro, yes, Final Cut Pro is a one-time $300 fee. But mm -hmm. one number one is a one-time fee. Number two, I mean, are you really going to say no to Final Cut Pro? If you're using a Mac, you'd be a fool to say no to Final Cut Pro. So... I completely understand, like, when you wanted to use Adobe uh, Adobe Premiere Pro and paying that subscription fee. I mean, of course you're going to pay it. I mean, that that is that is your software editing program of choice. And Roberto Blake swears by Premiere Pro. He always tells someone, oh, how Premiere Pro makes me so powerful, like the Emperor and all this other stuff. So I know, I know. Roberto be talking about Premiere Pro so much. So it must be doing things right if, you know, Roberto will speak highly of it. And obviously you use it yourself. So, yeah, they're doing some good things over there with uh, Adobe. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of YouTube creators that are using Premiere. I mean, for example, Peter McKinnon, he also uses Premiere and he still mm -hmm. uses Premiere, even though he made a video about it crashing and what you can do. <laughs> with you know, I mean, it just it's just the ecosystem. I think it's kind of like Apple. Once you're in the ecosystem, you just love how everything works so seamlessly together. Yep. I feel like that's the same for Adobe. Once you're like in that Adobe ecosystem, you kind of don't want to leave. Yeah, that is a comfort thing. I can definitely attest to the Apple ecosystem and how it just keeps you locked in because once you have all those products and they work together so well, it is really difficult and you really don't want to leave because once you establish that workflow, you don't want to interrupt that workflow because as creators, it's very important that we maintain a consistent workflow to get the maximum productivity out of what it is that we're trying to do. So I definitely yeah. understand your point about the workflow, no doubt about it. Yeah, and I think that for me personally, if I think now about having to learn Final Cut or something, oh, the learning curve, I just don't want, I just don't want to do it, I, especially because I want to be efficient and I want to have my workflow. And then on top of that, the ecosystem again, like the fact that I can just use everything and everything works together so seamlessly and I don't have to open like separate programs and then import and export and do all that stuff, that really saves a lot of time and that makes me a lot more efficient than I would be if I were using, I don't know, maybe DaVinci or Final Cut or any other standalone video editor. Absolutely. And I, it is not lost on me that as soon as I say Roberto in Premiere Pro, we get a visit from the Emperor himself. Roberto Blake is live. Roberto, like, you'd have to pry Adobe from my code dead head. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I'm on Team Roberto. All right. So 
I know we were talking about a little bit a little bit before we went live. Um, but your channel has had kind of a little of a, a little small slight blow up. Um, yep. when I first when I first uh actually I think I first I first put on to you by Travis MCP, and I think that was a few months ago. And back then you were at a, maybe like a few hundred subscribers and things like that. Now fast forward maybe what five six months later you're at eighteen thousand subscribers. I mean, do you have any idea how you went from like less than a thousand a few months ago to eighteen thousand now? What, what have you been doing, Leela? What's your secret here? Oh my gosh. I think there are so many factors that contribute to my growth. Um, I definitely think that I don't have the, I am not walking the regular path because ever since I started in, what was it on June 10th last year, I started growing little by little. Like the first week I got nine subscribers then I got 15 and then you get like five, but it kind of already started from the beginning and then it kind of just started snowballing. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think there are so many factors. I think one of the factors is that my channel right now is pretty specific uh, because now I have a lot of premiere tutorials. But at the same time, I think my channel is also very personality driven because there's a lot of people who don't use Premiere Pro who are watching my videos. And when I upload vlogs, they also rank one out of 10 on my dashboard. So it's not like people only come for the Premiere Pro tutorials and they don't care about anything else. And I think that that is one of the things that um, differentiates me, I think, uh, or, or distinguishes, distinguishes me um, from other channels. And I think that has contributed to my growth. Yeah. I would definitely say so. I know a thing or two about being a personality and like getting people to like you for more than your content. So. I would definitely say that has something to do with it. I watched some of your videos. You definitely have a, a likable personality, something that people can like gravitate and hold on to. So absolutely, okay. you are you are you are doing a thing. You are doing a thing. Shout out to those of y'all listening on audio only this week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Five Job with me and Leela. I appreciate you guys rocking out each and every episode. If you would like to support the podcast, there will be links in the show notes for you to do that. Not required, but anything that you're willing to donate uh support with is greatly appreciated. Also, if you happen to be listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a rating or review as it helps more people discover the show. Like I keep harping on, I'm trying to get back into the top 200 of tech podcasts on Apple Podcasts. So anything that you can do to contribute to that rating review on Apple Podcasts will be greatly, greatly appreciated. So, Leela, let's yeah. talk about your YouTube thumbnails because I'm looking at these thumbnails and I'm, I'm impressed. They like they pop out at you. So. What are some tips that you can give to people for doing YouTube thumbnails? Mm -hmm. um, well, first of all, I think it really depends on the type of content that you're making. If you want to go for like a two panel um, thumbnail or a three panel thumbnail, basically meaning that you either divide your thumbnail into like two parts or in three parts. Um, but for me, uh, I think what is really important is to also develop a brand around yourself. So for me, it is all, I mean, if you see my house, it's very muted, it's very, it's very moody. And that is also what I wanna do in my thumbnail. So I think that one of the basic tips is don't use too much text in your thumbnail, only use text if it's necessary or if it's complementary to your title because don't repeat what is in your title in your thumbnail. That doesn't make any sense. What you wanna do is when people are scrolling, they you want you want to catch their attention and how are you going to grab their attention by having a thumbnail that really stands out and the other part what i said about branding your your thumbnails for example there is an example like becky and chris they have a very defined 
um, style. So when you're scrolling, even though you don't see what's on the thumbnail, you know it's them. So you maybe stop and then you go back and you're like, oh, let's see, oh, new video, you know? So I think that there are, um, I'm a little bit all over the place right now, but basically my, my, my first tips for, at least for beginners is that you want to use as, as, as little text as possible, like maybe max three words, um, depending on your title. Don't repeat what's in your title. Make sure that your title and your thumbnail work together. You want to make sure that your thumbnail also tells the story of your video. So if you're doing a vlog, you want to make sure that you put the core of your story in the thumbnail so that people see your thumbnail and then want to watch your video. And they also kind of already know what it's about. How much do you want me to go into detail about this? Because I can talk about this for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is the podcast. This is long form content. So <laughs> we we like detailed explanations here on the podcast. And we don't have a problem with this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, no. Um, I think it's so hard to give general advice other than the advice that's already out there. Like people like Roberto and Daryl, they all talk about it. So it's kind of... I mean, it's just the basic things like the what I already said, the text, and a lot of people say make the pop, make the color pop in your in your thumbnails. That's something that I don't really do. I have something that pops, but it's not like my entire thumbnail is is red and yellow and blue. I don't I don't really um, do that. Um, excuse me. What else? Um, you want to make sure something that people also say, but that's not something that I necessarily do. But what people also say is that um having a close-up is is really um is, re is really really good and also helps establish a connection between you and the viewer so if you have i don't know they even say like if you have like the whites of your eyes if that's very visible then people can connect with you better than when you are very small on your thumbnail mm -hmm. those are already i feel like when it comes to thumbnails there are so many strategies and there is so much more thought that is required in making a thumbnail than to just like use a screen grab or something. There's right. really a lot of, yeah, a lot of strategy behind it. Definitely. All right, so I just realized that I probably should explain for people that might be listening, because I'm pretty sure most of y'all that are watching this on YouTube, you know what a thumbnail is. But for those of y'all listening on audio only, and you don't know what we're talking about when we say thumbnail, a thumbnail is the image that you see on YouTube right above the title of a video. So a lot of times people will have like their, their picture of them and doing some crazy action, or maybe they have like, some type of emotion on their face or maybe it's like a text i mean there's all different types of thumbnail but a thumbnail is the art it's the it's the video art that you see on youtube before you click on it and that's why most youtube educators would tell creators that you have to concentrate on your thumbnail because that's the first thing that a potential viewer sees when they click on youtube when they want to watch your video they're looking at your thumbnail and then obviously below the thumbnail is the title of the video but that is what we're talking about when we say thumbnails and then the art that you see on youtube that is right above the title of the video that is the thumbnail. Yeah, basically everything that you were taught as a kid, like don't judge a book by its cover. Everyone's judging, judging a book or your video by the cover. So make sure that your cover is very, very pretty and captivating. And yeah, I mean, to come back to your question about what I do for my thumbnails, when it comes to my, my Premiere Pro tutorials, it's, it's, it's kind of just showcasing the effect so for example if i do a hologram video i make sure that the hologram is popping out so that people hopefully see it and think it's cool and they're like oh cool i want to learn how to do this um and what i already said i have kind of like a color scheme that i try to 
follow in all of my thumbnails. It's not happening in all of my thumbnails, but I'm trying to. Um, but yeah, I think that those are the things that I like to do for my own thumbnails. Yeah, I think Roberto, uh, yeah, he wants you to talk about what you think about for your own process and why you like those things. I think you kind of yeah. you kind of went into it a little bit. You, uh, I think you said that you want your thumbnails to be moody like your videos. You want that that moody type feel. Uh, you want your thumbnails to tell a story. You want actually you said you want your thumbnails to tell the story of your videos. And yeah, like, you are you're pretty good at that because I mean these thumbnails are definitely. I mean, they all, they all, well, most of them portray that dark, moody, like feel that you're trying to get across. So I want to ask you because you, you are, you're doing pretty good at the thumbnail game. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm actually looking at my own thumbnails right now just so I can see what I'm actually doing. <laughs> because like, the, funny, the funny thing is, is that actually I was talking to a friend about this. Like I was so stuck on making a thumbnail. I had no ideas. I was like, what am I going to do? And then I had this thumbnail and and he was basically like, yeah, this is not really the Leela style that I'm used to. And I was like, oh, I have a style. Okay. But then I actually started to, to look at my thumbnails a little bit better. And I, and I, now I'm more strategic about the thumbnails that I use and I make sure that they are all a little bit coherent and they all match. But yeah, I mean, when I'm looking at my thumbnails right now, what do I do? Um, I just try to, Honestly, I just try to, to showcase what I'm doing in the video in the thumbnail and I try to have it all match a little bit with my style and with my yeah, with with my with my mood in the video. Even though I am quite a cheery person in my videos, <laughs> the videos all look very moody. Right. Hey, I hey, and they know I love mood lighting, so the mood lighting that you got going on for your thumbnails and videos is A1. I am down. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so let's talk about personality and trying to uh put your personality in your videos especially when you're first starting out i'm pretty mm -hmm. sure as you are aware leela when you're first starting a channel on youtube nobody knows who you are which means they don't care about your personality they're mm -hmm. there because they are expecting you to provide some type of value for their time like yeah. like, like you you are you do adobe premiere tutorials so i'm pretty sure in the early days right now most people are coming to your channel for those tutorials but we are we're not robots we're human beings so we want to we want to present our personality in video because it's like a creative outlet. But mm -hmm. obviously when you're first starting out, nobody cares about your personality because they don't know who you are. So yeah. Lila, I guess my question to you is seeing that you are still relatively new on the platform and you are having success. How, how is it that, how do you go about integrating your personality into your video while still providing that value that the viewers come to the channel for? Yeah, so basically the approach that I go for go for is called edutainment. So it's education with entertainment. Ooh. And that, that is a great way to inject mm. my own personality in the videos. And I wouldn't do it any other way. Like this is how I started doing my videos because I feel like, you know, if this is something that I want to do as well, like I want to provide value, but I also want to do something for me. So I feel like it's a great like middle ground where I can just inject my personality and have a little bit of fun while I'm filming instead of just me explaining what I'm doing and how you can do it too. And it seems to be, it seems to be quite of a success. There are some people, of course, there are people that tell me that they don't like it and that they just want the information. And I just tell them there are, there are other tutorials that are like that. Please Get out of here. Don't watch that tutorial. Yeah. Don't waste my time. <laughs> oh! She did the waste of time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, there's, there's, there are so many like 
it is saturated, but at the same time, it's not. But I feel like if you don't like my style, then feel free to, I mean, I, there's nothing against you. I still love you. Just go and watch a tutorial that works for you. You know, I mean, it's, I'm not going to change my style just because there are so many people who do love it. I'm not just going to change my style because there are a few people who don't like it. <laughs> oh, I cannot, I cannot tell you enough how I relate to what you're saying right now. I feel like I'm saying at least once a month to people on YouTube. I am not going to change who I am for you. If you don't like how excited, if you don't like how loud I am in my videos, there are a thousand other monotone tech videos for you to go watch. I am not the guy for you. So Lula, yeah. I completely agree with what you're saying. When you tell people like, no, if, if my style doesn't work for you, if my personality does not work for you, there are yeah. other tutorials that you can watch. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. Hit the road. I like that. I like that in you. I like that. Yeah, no, that that is definitely my approach. I mean, there are some people are like, stop showing your face. We know you're beautiful. Just chill as what you're doing. And I'm like, go away. What? I'm trying to, try to say PG right now because I wanted to say something else. But <laughs> I, I appreciate your, your strength. I appreciate it. <laughs> because I know how you feel and I know what you want to say. <laughs> yep. Trying. Uh, trying. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Let's let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, piggyback. Let's dig into that a little bit. Okay. So obviously, being a creator, you do get negative comments, trolls, negative feedback. So how do you handle the negativity that people throw throw at you, especially when it's unprovoked, undeserved, which we get a lot of? Honestly, I haven't gotten that many. Like, I I, I have gotten like negative comments. I have had two hate comments, but besides that, it's just a lot of love. And then there's just a few here and there that just say, oh, you talk, you talk too much or something like that. But I don't really consider that a negative comment. I'm just like, oh, whatever, just, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, when I do, I, I actually had a, had a hate comment the other day and I stood up for myself. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I, I don't agree with you. I mean, I, I won't repeat what, what it said, but um, I was just, sometimes I feel like you do need to know the balance between when to reply and when not to reply. Yeah. But this time I was just like, I got to reply. I'm Dutch as well, you know, so I'm very direct. So sometimes I just, I mean, that is, I think that is why Roberto and I are such great friends because we can just say whatever we want. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I replied to it and it felt so good. And then he then then the person came back with a stupid reply. And I was just like, okay, I'm gonna block you now. I, I had enough fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know, like when someone, I honestly, in general, when someone leaves a negative comment or a hate comment, I try, I always, my, my mantra is always like, hurt people, hurt people. If you're happy with your life, if you're happy with yourself, you're not going to hate on someone. You're not going to take the effort to go to someone's comment section and say, oh, you suck. You don't do that because you're like, oh, I don't like this video. I just watch another one, you know? But for some reason, there are people that are just very hurt and they want to like take it out on other people. And those other people usually are creators because creators aren't humans. You know, we are not people. Um, we can take the negative comments, apparently. I don't know. But... I try to come from a place of empathy for that reason, because usually there is something behind it. There's a, there's a reason why someone takes it out on you, but sometimes someone just kind of sucks. You know, it's just. It's the reality. You said, you're not. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you deal with it? You know what? I am. I, like I've said a lot of times I'm open to constructive criticism. If you are telling me something that 
is legitimately off. Like uh, like when I was first starting, like five months into my YouTube career, I got a message. I got a DM from somebody that said, dude, I love your content, but you need to do something about your audio because your audio is off. I can mm -hmm. work with that. If it's something that can help make me a better creator, I'm all for that type of criticism. But if it's just something talking about I'm too loud or you're not sophisticated enough, I'm probably going to delete your comment and move on about my life. I don't have like, dude, as most of y'all know, I've been busy. I stay busy. I don't have time to enter entertain nonsense. I'm working out here, man. So if it's just some troll, troll type comments, some negative people just try to be negative. I'm not even entertaining it, baby. I'm basically deleting it and moving on with my life. I'm too busy. But I, I think that's so important. I was actually talking to one of my friends about this as well. Um, where we were talking about negative comments and how it can affect your mental health. And I was at Power of Video in Belfast last year and I was at this ma master class from Elle Mills. I don't know if you know her. She's such a great creator, like she's amazing. The, all of her videos are little, like little movies. It's so mm -hmm. amazing. But she was basically telling us that she had two instances where people created this hatred for her on Twitter and then it kind of took over her comment sections as well, which has led to her not looking at her comments at all because she just she, she was like i don't i don't want to deal with it anymore like it had a negative impact on my mental health and i think that is so important is that whatever whatever you do you should never sacrifice your mental health so if you want to reply to comments my advice generally would be just just reply to comments in the first hour because that is your core audience that is your notification squad yep. go reply to them and then be like, okay, I did my thing. I'm just gonna let it go now because I cannot take it. You know, I think it's so important that I, I think uh, Chris from Becky and Chris, he tweeted this today as well, is that you should not feel responsible for having to talk to everyone online or having to talk to strangers online. And I think that that is very important when it comes to your comment section as well, is that you, if you feel like it is not good for you, then don't do it basically. Yeah. You like, I think Roberto talked about this a lot. You got to have boundaries. You got to set those boundaries. You mean, I mean, once you have those boundaries set, just stick to them. And then whatever happens, happens. I mean, you don't like, I know we're creators and I know we put out content and people will give us feedback and things like that. But in reality, we don't owe anybody anything. Okay. You choose to consume our content. Nobody is making you consume our content. So <laughs> if you consume our content and you want to leave a comment or something like that, that's cool. But we are not obligated to interact with you. We're not obligated to answer your comment. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but we have no obligation. We don't owe you anything, literally. No, but but I think that that is what it, it does feel like that kind of, you know, I feel like when someone takes the time, assuming that it's a positive comment, when someone takes the time to write a comment, I do feel not, it's not like negative, like when I say obligated, but I do, I do want to return the favor. Let's, let's put right. it that way. So, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're right. You don't really owe anyone anything. No. But it's all about finding that balance again, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And and, I, and I'm all for supporting people that support me. Like like I say, if it's a positive comment or something like that, or people just providing genuine support, then yes, I'll interact with them, no problem. But trolls and negative Nancy's and detractors and, and naysayers, I don't owe you anything. You can go kick rocks for all I care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, like like I already said, hurt people hurt people. That's just something that I that that I really believe, and that I just that also makes the negative comments a lot easier to deal with because you don't take it personally because you know that the problem is with the other person. Yeah, so exactly. That really helps as well. Like when you see something negative or somewhat negative, 
Um, I mean, of course, you need to be open for feedback or constructive criticism. But when it's just criticism, I mean, you can you can go somewhere else, but preferably not not on YouTube. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> someone else, but just like go. <laughs> and that was the PC answer, y'all. <laughs> I I asked her to restrain herself on the podcast today, but she can go much more deeper than it. But she's showing restraint, so shout out to her. <laughs> All right, Leela, let's get into more about your trip to Belfast. And I know when you were out there, I think you met up with Cody Warner and Peter McCannon and probably a bunch of other creators. So talk about your trip out to uh, the Power Video. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that feels like forever ago. Unfortunately, yesterday, the news came out that Power Video this year is, I mean, I expected it, but it's canceled. So that's kind of sad because I really wanted to go again because that is kind of where I felt like it all happened for me. Because um, I so I started uh, I started YouTube in uh june early june last year and then power of video was in august so i was only doing youtube for like two months and i came across this event power of video and it was in belfast and i was kind of like oh should i should i go should i not go i don't know maybe i should not go i mean all those people that go they're just so much better than me and blah 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 but then my dad was like you know what you should go if you want to do youtube you should go so i went to belfast i met up with some creators um, I already knew Cody from before, like we already messaged and he messaged me that he was coming to Belfast as well. So we decided to meet up in Belfast, which was really great. And then all of a sudden he pulled out his camera and he was like, Hey, Lila, what is your channel about? You know, <laughs> so I was like, what is the channel about? I don't know. Who am I? I don't know. That is usually how it goes for me when someone asks me what I do or who I am. I just always forget who I am and what I do. Um, but yeah, that was, that was great. And then before, actually before uh, I came to meet Cody, I was waiting in the hotel lobby and that is where I met Peter um, and Potato Jad Gene. He was like literally bleeding out of his elbow because he, I don't know, he had an accident or something. So it was, it was an interesting morning. And then I after bet. that, I met Peter a few more times. So then at one point I was like, hey, do you wanna, do you wanna contribute to one of my videos that I'm making? He was like, yeah, sure. So that was it basically. And then we saw each other again in LA, which was really fun. So, yeah. Yeah, because I think you went out to L.A. for Vid Summit 2019, right? I did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, 2019. Right. You got yeah. Vid Summit is near and dear to my heart. So you got to talk about your experience at Vid Summit 2019. I was at 2018, but I didn't make it to 2019, unfortunately. But you got to talk about it. Oh, my gosh. Vid Summit was, it was something else. Like, mm. I was so excited. First of all, it was my first time to the United States. So that was very interesting. Ooh, wow. But Vid Summit, it's just the, the, especially like the environment that you're in and you're surrounded with creators, but not just creators, but like creators who are serious about YouTube and want to learn and want to grow and want to make it into a business. Yep. It is so much more than just a creator event. And when I was there, I was like, oh my God, I'm home. This is it. This is me. <laughs> I'm home. This is where I, we should all just buy this hotel and just <laughs> be together and just hang out and make videos. It was so great. Like I, I honestly don't really know how to, how to explain it. It was just, everything was, I think like the, the information and everything was super valuable and I learned a lot, but the connections and the friendships, that was for me the most valuable thing yep. of the entire Vid Summit. I don't know about you, but that was it for me, definitely. Yeah, when I went in 2018, I met people like El Happy Reviews. I met that Talk Tech. I actually ran into Peter McKinnon in the hallway, had him on my live stream for a few seconds. That was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I met a whole bunch of people at Vid Summit 2018. It was probably one of the single best experiences in my life. Like, I had so much fun. 
and like you said, when when you go to Viz Summit, you are serious. You are serious about growing and becoming somebody on YouTube because number one, those tickets are expensive AF. But number, but number two, it's not a fan meetup. There, there's no fans in attendance. It's basically all creators. Yeah. And it, and it was crazy because I don't think I've ever been in a place where I saw so many cameras out at one time before. Like everybody had a camera walking around, and I'm just like, wow, this, this, this yeah. is legit. This is serious stuff right here. So it was fun. That was, yeah, that was actually my first experience. My So when I went to Belfast, that was my first YouTuber event. And I didn't feel awkward anymore because everyone was walking around with a camera. Everyone right. was talking to a camera. Everyone was just like vlogging and being in each other's vlogs. And it was so different. Like it, it often feels like I'm living two different lives, like my YouTube life and my regular life here. But when I, when I, when I, when I went to Vid Summit as well, like everyone, and that is what I loved as well is the fact that it doesn't matter how many subscribers you have, because at that time I had like 1500 subscribers, but everyone was interested in, in talking to you and making conversation. And they were not like, Oh, I have 1 million subscribers. So go right. away, go away now, you know, right. <laughs> so, and, that was, and it was so relaxing. You could just like chat with everyone, hang out with everyone. And yeah, that was definitely, that is definitely something that Vit Summit has that I don't think like I haven't been to any other events, but I think that is very unique to Vit Summit. And that's also because they're bloody expensive. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So in the year or so that you've been doing YouTube, what would you say is your favorite thing about being a YouTube creator? Um, oh my gosh, so many things. Um, I think making obviously making videos is what I love to do. And the fact that I can now do it and like make money with it and just live my best life basically, or like seeing a future where I can live my best life. Let's say that that is just freaking amazing. But I honestly think that for me, the best part is the community. Um, mm -hmm. because all the people that watch my videos and that show up for every video and that follow me on Instagram and Twitter and that are like communicating with me and interact and actually liking me. Like I don't have, I have never been a popular person. Like I have been bullied and everything. So now being in a community where you can actually be yourself mm -hmm. and people appreciate you for who you are and you just value each other. That is, I think the best part of being on YouTube, in my opinion. It is such a beautiful thing, Leela, to be surrounded by like-minded individuals who love what you love, who yeah. will support you in what you love. And like I tell them all the time, the tech community take care of each other. We all, the creative community as a whole, we take care of each other. We'll be in each other's video. We'll, we'll support each other's content. We'll, we'll, we will do whatever we can to take care of each other as long as you are put in the work and you are yeah. being a valuable member of the community. The community will take care of you and I think you experienced that in your year that you've been doing YouTube and it's just a beautiful place to be. Yeah, it is. It is fantastic. And it's literally what I already said. It's the, since I started YouTube, I, I, I have never felt more like myself than when I started YouTube and when I started creating videos, because I'm actually 100% me on camera, you know? And when you, when, when, you know, when you go to university or at a job or so, you can never really be yourself, but now I can really, be, I don't know. It's just very liberating. And that is why what you said about meeting like-minded people and being around like-minded people is like, it makes me so happy. Like it, yeah. I, I don't know how to put it into words, honestly. It's just, it's, it's incredible. And I feel incredibly fortunate to be accepted into the community and made the friends that I, that I've made and, and just like having everyone who follow me. It's, I don't know. It's just, it, it's, it's incredible. 
I need to explain to you all that are listening to this on audio how we are both smiling from ear to ear while we have this conversation because we are so genuinely happy about being a part of the YouTube creator community. Let me look, she's beaming again, y'all. Y'all can't see the audio. The people watching it see it. But I just need for you all audio to understand how she is beaming over there. And, and it's so great the way that technology works. I'm in Chicago, Illinois. I'm in the Midwest of the United States of America. She's in the Netherlands. She's over in the Netherlands, over across the pond. And we are having a conversation in real time about being creators on YouTube. And I can yeah. see her smile radiating her entire household. And I'm over here smiling ear to ear myself because it's just such a great, like, vibe to be in this community and to be able to talk to each other about our experiences in the community so I, yeah. I, just, well, I just need to relate that to you guys listening on audio because it's, being a creator is an amazing thing honestly if you can click on the link to see the to see the replay then go watch the replay and go yeah, right, right. Know, like we are 43 minutes in i think so skip to 43 minutes right there you go better than seeing a smile right there you go there you go so I remember I, I remember when I had Demon Eminem on here uh, a few weeks ago. I asked him an interesting question, so I figure I'll ask you, uh, Lila. What is your favorite part of the creative process? Um, I can tell you what my least favorite part is. <laughs> yeah, okay, we can do that. Let's go. What, what's your least favorite part? Thumbnails. I hate, hate, hate with a passion. <laughs> hate making thumbnails. <laughs> oh. Every time I have to make a thumbnail, I just go, oh, I don't want, I'm again, trying to keep it PG. I don't, I don't <laughs> want tutorials. It's just, I, I really, I really don't like making thumbnails. It's just, I don't know. I need to fall in love with it somehow. Maybe I need to become a better, I, I also don't like photography, you know? So those two, they don't really go together. But what is my favorite part of the creative process? Mm, oh my gosh. Um, I don't know. I think a combination of actually just the filming and the editing. Like I love seeing the edit come together when I'm editing and seeing like the, the, the story and the humor and everything come together into like, I don't know, a piece of me, but I also just really enjoy filming. But I think if I have to choose, I will choose editing because when I'm editing, I don't need to put on makeup and I don't have to wear a bra. So <laughs> Wow! Woo! Oh yes! Oh, live, live content is the best. Oh, I love it! I love it! Yeah. So ah. like that. Damn! <laughs> this is your first introduction to me. Nice to meet you. <laughs> you know, I mean, but she being—that's the beautiful thing about Leela. She being real. She being one hundred percent honest when she tells you, "Uh, yeah." No makeup, no bra. That's that what it is. Like, that's her. That is her I in mean, a nutshell. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, that is the thing that keeps me from actually filming my videos. Is I, I just sit on my on my chair and I'm just like, oh, I really need to put on makeup. I really need to make myself look presentable. Don't really feel like it. So definitely the editing, yeah. I think it's funny because when I was talking to Justine, she was like uh, about how uh, about how over here we were wearing these masks now. And Justine's like, yeah, I don't have to put on makeup anymore. I'm like, it's <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. Awesome. Yeah. I am kind of surprised, though, to hear you say that you don't like thumbnails because, like I said, yours are excellent. So to hear you say that you don't like creating them, but I understand that I hate it, too. I hate to make a thumbnail, so I, I completely understand. But you're so good at it, though. Thank you. <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah, I don't know. I get this comment a lot. Like, on Twitter, for example, if people are talking about thumbnails. I always say, oh, I hate making thumbnails. And the people are like, oh, but your thumbnails are good. Don't say that. And I'm just like, but that doesn't mean that I enjoy making them. I really don't enjoy making them. But... 
they turn out like okay or nice but i honestly i really i'm so jealous of people i just saw roberto say that his thumbnail and photography that is his favorite part i i'm so jealous of people who act, whose favorite part is actually making the thumbnail i i really wish that i could share that passion <laughs> okay right right i mean i wish i mean hell if i was good as you were roberto at thumbnails maybe i might like it more but i'm not nearly that good but let's talk about editing because editing is a very special part of the creative process yes um i had justino here last weekend i was asking her about after being a creator for like 12 13 years she finally just recently decided to give up her editing now i edit all my own videos all my own videos blah, blah, blah. i edit all my own videos and i think you edit all your own videos mm -hmm. I, I love editing my video because even when i shoot a crappy video in real time I know that I can sit down, uh, turn on Final Cut Pro and chop it up and make it into something that's presentable. And I can still like it's weird to say, but I can still find a way to integrate my personality into the edit that I make. Yeah. So, so talk to us about why you love editing so much. Um, I think I already mentioned this before. One of the reasons why I love editing so much is because that is really where the story comes alive. Whether I mean, when you're doing a tutorial, that's one thing. That's where you can make your personality come to life. Um, which is already a big scale because I had a I had a client once and first he just used or the company just used um, a regular video editing service and then you just get like a cut video but then I decided to or I offered to make some videos or edit some of the videos and those videos were so different and this is not to brag but like those videos were so different because I actually take into consideration the personality and how can you make the personality shine and that is so much fun when it comes to editing my tutorials and when it comes to editing uh, vlogs or short films, that is where you can really like craft the story. And I, I think that is for me just the best part about editing. Um, I don't know, is your next question going to be if I want to hire an editor at one point or? <laughs> wow, damn, you are good. I was just about to ask you, do you think if your channel like really blows up one day, do you think you yeah. can see yourself giving up your editing? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I don't know. I think that when you when you hire people, you should probably hire people for things that you're not good at. Um, and editing is my thing. But I do, I would like to have an editor on the side or something. But at the same time, I don't like you already know that I'm a control freak. Like I don't know <laughs> if I can give my footage to someone else and then have that person craft my story and then me being okay with how I'm being portrayed because I think that it is a very specific skill and a very specific style. So I don't know. I mean, I know that Sarah Dici, I think she's on editor number nine now or something, you know. <laughs> because she is an editor too. And I think when you're an editor, it is so hard to hire someone else when you are good at your craft. So yep. I don't know. I think I want to because I think that for productivity and everything, it will be so much better if I have an editor. So, you know, you can pump out more content and all of that stuff. But if I can do it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, it's kind of cool and scary at the same time that you knew what my next question was going to be. That's, that, that's kind of that kind of cold-blooded. I think you can leave. I think I can do this by myself now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You can do you can do your own podcast. You can interview yourself. <laughs> but but secondly, I completely understand. Like I said, I you know what? Obviously, I'm small fry, so I don't worry about hiring an editor like no time soon. But I think yeah. it'd be kind of hard for me to like give up editing my videos just because, like you said, 
we can put so much of our own personality and and just craft our own story into the way we edit our videos. Like, I don't know if like people understand just how like underrated it is like how the the love and ability that you can the things that you could do when you are editing your own content. Like, it's kind yeah. it's kind of hard to explain, but obviously when you turn on the camera and you are filming, right? You can you can you can talk and deliver your content how you want to. You can put your personality. You can make your personality shine for it. But taking that footage and putting it into the editing room and editing editing it is a whole nother layer of you personalizing that video. Now yeah. it, it kind of it sounds kind of uh strange to say because um fundamentally when you're editing, you're just chopping up the video, adding effects, things like that. But my mother used to tell me there's an art to everything, and there is definitely an art to the way you edit your videos. And they could really they could, I mean, I mean, hell, it could really make or break your video, literally. Totally. And when you're filming, like, for example, when I film, I make a lot of mistakes. And then in the editing, I choose the mistakes that I keep in because right. it adds to the humor. But an editor, I mean, maybe if I have like a catalog of 500 videos and the editor watches every video and takes notes to see like how I craft my story and add my personality. But I think it's so hard for an editor to understand your humor and which mistakes you'd like to keep in because they're funny and it it doesn't break up the flow, you know. It I, I don't know. It's that it's definitely an art. Editing is definitely an art. I think everyone right. everyone can cut a video and like uh, uh, remove all of the pauses, delete all of those, and just have one video. But does that that is not that's a video, but it's not a good video, you know. And if you want to mm. make a good video, you really need to start working on your craft and just practicing, practicing, and practicing, which is also why. Roberto always says, you know, make a hundred crappy videos before you expect anything. Ooh, did y'all hear what she said? She said you can edit a video, but that doesn't make it a good video. Damn. <laughs> mm. Wow. You know what? I think we can end it there because damn, that was profound. But Leela, <laughs> Leela, Leela, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Appreciate yes. your time. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun on the chat. I am so glad we made the time to get together and do this. Definitely. Yes, I loved it. Before we get out of here, let the people know where they can find you. So you can find me anywhere. I have been told that you can find me if you just search for Lila on YouTube. But yep. if you cannot find me under Lila, just search anywhere like on Twitter, on Instagram, and on YouTube, Lila from YouTube. And that is how you can find me. No doubt. Shout out to those of y'all that listened on audio only this week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Five Drive with me and Lila. I appreciate you guys rocking out each and every episode. If you want to follow Leela and check her out, and you should, her link will be in the show notes, so definitely go check that out. If you would like to support or donate to the podcast, there will be links in the show notes for you to do that. Not required, but anything that you're willing to do, greatly appreciate it. Again, if you happen to be listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a rating or review as it helps more people discover the podcast, and we're trying to get back into that top 200 of tech podcasts on Apple Podcasts. So please, 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 Leave that rating or review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And thank you again for listening to another episode of Fipe Drive. But until the next time, people, this your boy Viper, the man about tech. You know where to find me. So come back for more.